Hello and welcome to the 551 Podcast. My name is Wes Verdine and uh, we've got a special year-end 2017 uh, review with not one, but two special guests. Um, first, Steve Lilly. Uh, How you doing, Wes? I'm doing great. It's great to have you on the show. And Thank Brian Hanf. Do I say, is it Hanf? I've always you, like... You, you nailed it. Okay, great. Brian and Steve, uh, both of you, thank you for being here. Um, you are here as, as special guests because you uh, you won the bidding at the Dark Clouds year-end party for um, to benefit the Sane Foundation. Uh, and I thought um, you, you guys like went in together to, to get it. So um, to just like get all those other weirdos out. Um but uh but first of all thank you for for that that donation um and uh and second it's great I, I figured since I'm having you both on here let's make it a let's do the season review that way that way um we don't have to have Alex Schieferdecker just repeat the same Kevin Molino is the number 10 <laughs> the way only I can repeat what I always say and uh and we can get some new insight um so thanks. Thanks for being here. So Alex actually exists. He's not 10 stock phrases. You can press a button and repeat. <laughs> he's, the, he's the robot in the, the back room over here. Yeah, it's usually just me recording to this bookshelf. And um, So uh, I, we are gonna, we're going to basically go through um, how Minnesota United did this year in terms of acquisitions and on the, on the field, off the field, look forward. But... Um, before we want to do that, um, I, I've always appreciated talking to you guys at games, and I think it's like great to get these whenever we have new people on to figure out what their interesting s- stories are. And, and maybe I'll, I'll start with you, Brian. Like, where did where did like soccer come into your life? How did that How did that happen? It came very late, um, probably about seven eight years ago, mm-hmm. when my daughter started playing soccer. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, park and rec, you know, co-ed soccer. And then my son got into playing park and rec co-ed soccer and how my fandom with the team, um, you know, the, then the stars happened was after they won the cup, they actually came to my kid's school and they oh. brought the cup with them Yeah, and they did a reading program with the kids <clears throat> and both my kids are, are huge readers. And so they, they won time to then, uh, that spring, actually, you know, do some activity with the members of the team. Oh, wow. So my kids did that, and we thought, oh, that was really great of them to come to our school and do this reading program, so we'll go to a game. And several thousands of dollars later, (laughs) I, that, you know, buying that, you know, $4 ticket, you know, for each of us to go see a game has turned into, the reason I have my van that I have is because it fits the grill in, that I use for tailgating right. and, you know, thousands of dollars in season tickets and merchandise yeah. and, and all that stuff, all because they came out and um, wanted to do a reading program with my kid's school. The first so. hit is free. And then after that, you start yeah. getting the whole. So that's where, that's where my love came from. And that's really uh, where it started. And, and um, uh, do you remember what, what players it was who, who came off the top? Okay. No idea. I don't know that they, they yeah. even know. Yeah. So, um, and now you're on the board of one of the kind of uh, youth soccer leagues, right? Correct. Yeah, um, Maple Brook Soccer in Maple Grove. Okay. Um, I'm on the board of directors for for them. Um, just getting we're kicking off the spring season. 
Um, we had our big annual AGM uh, last Sunday, so so that I mean, my experience with youth soccer is nil, and I, and I've, I've actually you and I have talked about this at various times where there's so many parts about U.S. soccer that are um, you know if you're just a fan of like an MLS team more power rests in these like youth soccer fiefdoms. And I think guys like me are just too completely oblivious. So I go to guys like you to be like, what is going on here? Cause you, it is like, they are like fiefdoms, right? There's, there's, you know, you have to like pledge loyalty to Lords <laughs> and things like this. And there's weird, like prima nocta that goes on. Yeah. So Maple Brook is, is part of, um, MYSA, Minnesota Youth Soccer Association, but there's also a new league uh, that's starting up this year that's designed kind of for higher um, level teams that, that we're probably going to have a, a couple of teams in as well, kind of testing the waters of that, that league as well. Um, and then there's U.S. Club Soccer, and then there's Development Academies, and there's MRL, and so there's all these entities right. with with youth soccer. So yeah, they, they all have their own, own thing. I keep it pretty simple myself i pretty much just stick to the i want to call it traditional average player traveling soccer is kind of what i stick with but our club does all of those other things and uh and more so yeah just just the amount of like uh politicking involved with all of that (laughs) i i mean it just i know that i know that in a few years uh we'll at least partially get involved with it until my kids realize that they are as unathletic as as i was um growing up and so um i realize it's in my future and so i i I look to you to to shepherd me to to figure out who my lord who i I will be the vassal of but um steve you uh you have a very different uh interaction with with soccer Right, yep. you you are from from actually Coventry, or are you just no, I'm about forty five miles from Coventry. Okay, uh, yeah, I can do it in just over half hour. I could do it in just over half hour if no one's looking. Yeah, <laughs> um, but I, yeah, I grew up with soccer. I grew up um, going to watch my dad play every weekends from as young as I can remember. You know, he'd play on a Saturday, play on a Sunday um, during the winter, uh, cricket in the summer. For anyone that knows what that is, um, just. Love, love the sport, love the game. Um, a friend introduced me to Coventry when I was young, and I just kept going and going. And who is that friend? Do you want to do? Uh, do you resent it, them now? I, unfortunately, passed away. Okay. Um, probably thirty years ago now. Okay. But, which was a shame. But um, yeah, he did a lot for me in my formative years. Um, Coventry actually won something, which is the only time they've actually won something. They won the FA Cup in 1987. So that yeah. um, cemented it. Um, Coventry, just, just uh, I think some fans, some listeners will know this, but Coventry um, have this ridiculous record um, for, you know, when when were they last in the top flight? It was 1960? Uh, they, they joined in 68 and they were relegated in 2008. Okay. But haven't finished in the top six of any league since yeah. they won in 1967, 68, I don't think. Yeah. It's... Relegation was the one. Having not fi- finished in the top six in uh, in that <laughs> long is that is like a crazy. Uh, I mean, so the the my appreciation for um, uh, uh, Coventry fans is it, there's just a, a special purgatory that that you that you've been living in. So yep, yep. Re- relegation. I you know whatever your argument is for pro rel, it certainly brings the best out in players when they're battling for their lives. At yeah. The end of the season. Yeah. 
Um, well, great. We'll get some real pro rail trolls coming out after this. Um, <laughs> and then, and then, uh, Minnesota United and the stars yep. actually, I mean that, I think you guys both came to the team about the same time, right? I, I feel like yep. I met you both at the same time. We, uh, we never knew there was a team. here. lived here for eight years. Yeah. And someone said, you know, there's a game going on tonight. Yeah. And so it's like, okay. Grab air from an Anita. We jumped in the car, went to Blaine and we've probably missed one home game since then when we when wow. we've been in the country and we've traveled to a few away games and had a lot of fun doing it and yeah continue to do so yeah that's fantastic and you also um you also have like a like a we were talking about this at when when all the bidding was going on you you like are a, an aficionado or well traveled in the lower league uh, uh world yep. of, of soccer and so I'm kind of curious. Like, t- tell me about that. Like, what are the what are the most interesting places you've you've you think you've caught a game? Um, what well, so to give some background um, after the disasters of <laughs> in British football in the late eighties, early nineties, and they went to all seater stadium. I just couldn't enjoy a game at that age sitting down, yeah. so I reverted to non-league football, a team called Brosnan and Diamonds that uh, actually went out of business and has recently restarted, but. Again, I I couldn't not go to a game every every week. At least at least one game at the weekend, and usually a game in the week. Um, so with Rushton, we'd travel anywhere in the country, going to the little non-league grounds. But so Hensford, which you never have heard of, nope. Yeovil, which are now up in the league, Enfield. Um, you know, and then if there wasn't a game going on there that we wanted to watch, then there's a group of us that would just travel up to Scotland and pick up a. A Scottish third division, Scottish second division game, trying to play, <laughs> see some grounds around there. Um, and it, always fun, always different. You know, every ground had its own quirks and characters. And, you know, probably doesn't mean so much here, but the, the one man and his dog that would be standing watching a game. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, I've been to games where, you know, I was the, the guy that saw the one man with his dog. Right. Uh, and it, it just, to, to me, it. The beauty of the sport is that it's competitive across many levels, and you're always going to get something out of it. Yeah, have you have either of you been able to to go to any of the um, NPSL teams to to see those guys play? Yeah, we've both both been to Minneapolis City, Brian okay. more so than I have. Yeah, but again, same same thing there. You've got a good enthusiastic crowd. You've got a you know, not a super high standard of soccer, but a good enough one where it's worth right. paying for to watch. And, yeah. Well, and it's yeah. I, yeah, the Minneapolis City games. I I really like bringing the boys to that because it's a little more accessible. It's more like you know back at Nessie, mm-hmm. but you can actually see. Oh, look at you know. There's this tactic. You can actually see it kind of taking place. Yeah. Um, you know, it's you know we went to the women. Uh, my family went to the Women's World Cup uh, up in Canada, and you know, it was kind of the same thing. The pace of the game is just a little bit different than. You know, watching, right. you know, even, you know, Division Two in the United States, that pace is just a little bit slower that you can, you know, kind of talk to the kids about, oh, look at what they're yeah. doing. You can see them making whatever. So I love watching the, the lower, the lower sides and yeah. other yeah. sides because of that. You can, you can bring those other things into the education. That's a coach in me, I think, that brings that out. When, when I was a kid, my <clears throat> folks lived in London and there was a team called Wheelstone that my dad had been on the books for many years before that. So we used to go and watch them play. And I saw, and hopefully these names will mean something to somebody listening, but Stuart Pearce, when he was mm-hmm. playing non-league football, um, became a very successful professional football. Footballer in Knott's Forest with England, managed yeah. England for a while. 
Um, Vinnie Jones, yeah. who is one of the greatest actors uh, on the planet at the moment. <laughs> my tongue's firmly in my cheek there, just in case you missed it. But um, but just to see those people that are going on to develop, I saw Burton Albion play, and they had a guy called Daley Thompson play for him, and he was, uh, I think it was 1984 Olympics, he won the decathlon. Huh. And when that career was over, he just started playing soccer. He wasn't the best, but boy, could he run and jump! Right, yeah, yeah. Especially in that in the, yeah. the lower divisions, you can do <laughs> yes. it. yeah, yeah. Um, and you're wearing an Ebbsfleet uh, United yep. uh, jersey, yep. so very proud to uh, support this from my football club, which was a great little organization a few years back, and yeah, you know, did a lot for one particular club that actually won the highest amateur trophy, the FA FA Vars, mm-hmm. under the tutelage of uh, the um, online owners, as it were. Right, right. Um, well, thank you guys again. We're, we'll let's take a break and now and then we'll come back and we'll start the the actual the reviewing part. Back on the fifty five one podcast, uh, I'm Wes. I've got Steve and Brian with me. Um, maybe quickly, uh, where, where are you guys? You guys are both uh, on Twitter. Uh, at least yep. um, uh, ostensibly, where can we? Where can people find you there? Uh, at back to zero UK. Yeah, uh, is is that a that's a punk reference, right? Or uh, it was a mod band from the nineteen okay. seventies, and yeah. that probably won't mean anything to many people either, but it does to me. <laughs> Brian, where where can people find campaign you? expert? Yeah, because you so, used to work on political campaigns. right? Yeah, I did uh, political campaign work for ten years. Now you're recovering. Yes. Yeah. Now I'm actually making money and feeding my family. <laughs> yeah. And sleeping. Uh, well, so we are, we're going to, we've broken this up. And, and first, I want to talk about the acquisition phase, right? Um, so much of, I think, how we think about this year is the, the successes and flops. And particularly, you know, the, the Scandinavian flops are just loom so heavily over the season. Um, and I think that's probably fair that, that i mean it's yes. that i don't think that's an over evaluation of it but what 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 the three of us each did is uh rated each player one to five based on kind of acquisitions right and and the the criteria i gave you guys was um how well did this person do according to uh the salary that they make um and and then additional things like uh you know saeed uh mohammed saeed uh didn't perform that much, but he was also then turned into, in part, into Cronin and Birch. So, so things like that. Like overall, was this a, a good kind of investment or or uh, player to pick up? Even if they, even if it wasn't like, oh, they came. You know, Brent. We're going to talk about Brent. Cost nothing. Was started a lot of games. He's a five. Um, so those are the criteria. Yeah, and, and maybe we'll start with. We then did the average, and uh, what's funny is I, I think my average is uh, the highest, right? Yeah. So correct. Well, three, three being the the average, right? That we should have come up with if the yeah. team had been consistent. Yeah. But. Uh, and and so mine was a two point six eight uh, seven five. We went really deep there. Um, <laughs> uh, Steve, you you were the lowest with two point three seven five. That and, won't surprise anyone that and, knows me. <laughs> Brian, right in the middle. Two point five six, so not entirely too far off. But I mean, two point. We'll start with you, Steve. Maybe uh, what kind of weighted that down? Like, where were you 
who stood out in, in terms of the lows? We will get to the highs because there are, are some good um, highs. But I, <laughs> in terms of the lows, there aren't too many people that haven't already been mentioned. Um, I am not a Kevin Molino fan, um, and that comes purely on the back of his performances for Minnesota United. I know we were. You're actually just Alex Schieferdecker with a, a voice modulator, <laughs> yes. speaking with an accent. <laughs> no, I, I, my my thing was that he was so built up. He was Adrian Heath's man when he came in at the start of the season. This was the guy that Heath was going to have mm-hmm. everything revolve around, basically, and it just it didn't happen, and that frustrated me. That there was there was very little done to change that. And regard, if he's playing out of position, then it's Heath or Molino that's at fault there because they're yeah. the two that got together to do it. Yeah. So he's definitely the one I put down. Um, my most disappointing low score was for Miguel. Yeah. Um, I put him with a two. Um, some of that was he didn't get the opportunity. I think he could have been used a little bit better when he was used, as we've seen him used in years past. He was extremely effective, and he made he he made everybody else look good, and his. Just the way he plays, it isn't about stats with him. He he creates openings for other people just by running into space and creating space. Yeah, yeah. You can see uh, you're talking about Miguel. The first two games that he played, he didn't get forward hardly at all, and you could just see him like staring at the bench every once in a while. Yeah, I, I mean, just watching him on the sideline, you know, and you're like why isn't he getting up? We, yeah, we know he, was, he, can get he up. was he was one of the few attacking players, especially early on, put on a leash. Yeah, and um, and looked just he just looked just afraid. Yeah, know? and that middle part of the season when you could tell that he started getting a little more free reign is is when he really started succeeding. Yeah. And then the last two or three games again, well, no, the, like the third to the last game that he played, he did really well. But then I think he said something um, after the game, and then the next two games it, it was again back to him being kind of that defensive. Yeah, left midfielder instead of a and, left winger. And so um, you and I, Brian, both gave him a three. Steve, you gave him a two. I think two is actually probably more in terms of how much of a, how much he cost. We um, we also he cost wage. We also kind of gave up Jeff Atnella to get his yeah. uh, um, right. So um, uh, and. If you can judge by, uh, we knew what day all the players were having their exit interviews, uh, with, which is where they meet with the coaches and the, the staff, and, and they kind of get told, you know, hey, here's what you need to work on for next year, or hey, we don't, you're not in our future. Uh, I, I and I have not checked into this at all, so this is just literally me reading his tweet that day, which was him doing the the thinking cloud. Uh, type thing and mm. and miguel is is one of the most um uh uh transparent uh yeah. people on twitter right you know what he's he wears his heart going his sleeve. yeah he's, he's out there um i i have i have i i think he he's probably on on being shopped around um and so if, if that's the case then yeah certainly the, i don't think it was worth it right i mean if he came back this year and then had another year, now he, next year he's back and he's more the Miguel we type in, we kind of knew. Maybe it's yeah, but he has to be allowed to be that Miguel, and I don't think that Adrian Heath wants him to play that way. And it's hard, you know, sim, probably similar to Kevin Molino. He, he's not playing where he's most effective, and um, we've we've seen that quite a bit over the year, where players just playing out of position and it doesn't 
do their confidence any good. Yeah. And a lot of that comes back to the manager. Yeah, I know we're not talking about Heath right now, but I'd almost like to see Molino on the right, um, Avara on the left, doing what they do. Yeah. Because, man, that would give the middle of the field just so much room to maneuver because those two would just cause so many headaches yeah. for de- defenses to, to try to deal with. Yeah. I mean, the problem is, you know, if we want to talk one positive, uh, Ethan Finley, uh, we, we all disagreed on this. I put Ethan Finley <laughs> as a five in terms of, you know, his his uh, uh, cost is 290, um, which is, you know, is, is an outlay for a midfielder. But uh, I think just what he brought to the team, when he came to the team, I don't. I think that our best, best part of the season, our best success came, in part through him. I think he was even. You know, he he should have had a couple more goals this season, um, and he. I think with a full season with the team, can do a lot. I give him a five. Yeah, I think his best games though were when Molino was gone, weren't they? You know, that's a good question. I don't know. I'm trying to remember because I think it was. Well, I was going to say what the international break. Yeah, or the because huh. when when Molino was gone, those two games um, at, right after we acquired him, because uh, because he scored the first two yeah. games, right? Because hmm. Molino was gone for Seattle, wasn't he? Um, uh, you're, you're, yeah, I don't, I, I have no memory. <laughs> so I mean, yeah, yeah. We, like we, we can just take that and, and just assume it's true. Yep, perfect. <laughs> Everything said here is in a truth bubble. So, so normally this is the point when I'm listening to the podcast. Yeah. When I scream, "No, you're completely wrong!" Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Well, you can re- <laughs> listen back and 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 yell at yourself. That's the beauty. And some, be my daughter of, yelling at me. Yeah. So some of it with Finley for me is he hasn't had enough exposure to say he's a five. Sure. You know, on the states, thirteen games maybe. Yeah. Somewhere around there. Yeah, I want to see a little bit more before I fully commit to that. Yeah. He's, he had a pretty good season. He did make a difference when he came yeah. on in a few games, but he was also there when we had some howlers as well. Yeah. So, I mean, he he to me when I when we had that big question up on the website and it was who who are the core players for next season? Uh, Finley is one of the few who I write in pen. I want Finley out of the yes. right, uh, and and I think that that. I think that is probably very much shared uh, within the, the the technical staff. Um, who, who else? Um, maybe we'll go to, to you, Brian, if there, there's any players in particular uh, stood out in good or bad ways um, that, that you that you want to kind of call out in, in terms of the acquisition. Well, in my uh, rating, I gave um, Greenspan a two. And, and the reason I gave him a two is because I saw what his salary was. Um, if he was making a hundred thousand or so, I would probably have rated him a one. Yeah. Um, I, I just think where he is in his, in terms of development and his game awareness, um, he's, he's a big, strong, good guy, but he always backed up when he got pressured into the box, he would move into the box. It's like. But isn't so the funny thing there? There's a thread there with every central defender we got except for Brent. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's exactly Bo- right. Boxall survives by pushing people and getting away with it. Calvo seems to be out. I don't think Calvo wants to be a defender. Yeah, you know, he he's drifting away from his position and, and exposing other people across old times. You know, Greenspan struggled. Um, Demidov was nowhere, and here's a you know NASL guy that um, we just kept. 
because he was from Minnesota. Hopefully, it's a little bit more than that. And cheap, and, yeah, yeah. And cheap. And I think, and I know that Manny for years has said this. Oh. This is a he's a guy who we see a very high ceiling for. Yes. So, so I do think that there was also a belief that in in Brent. That, yeah, to me, he was a standout player last season. Yeah. In when we had that bizarre NASL season where people weren't sure where they were playing, who they were playing for, what their yeah. goal was. But he was steady every game, and it's been the same this year. Yeah, and He very rarely puts a foot wrong. He's not an exciting player, but he's solid. And so going back to, to Greenspan, Greenspan and, and Coleman are essentially the same player, right? It's about the same age, cost about the same. Um, Greenspan had injuries this year. And, yes. And basically three concussions. Poor dude. I, like, I really feel for him. Seems like a great guy. But um, I, I, I gave him a three because he was so cheap and because I think that the idea of bringing him in, it was a low risk. Um, they didn't think that they were bringing in a superstar, um, you know. And, yeah. and, and But the problem now is you've got Brent and you've got Green, Joe and you don't need both. You, yeah, you, I think They do the same thing. The thing with Joe was we, we needed somebody at that time and he fitted the bill because price point was good. Um, he had some history, a little bit of experience, and, he yeah. came, and without him, we'd really have struggled. I mean, the one centre back I forgot to mention was Taylor when we played him at the centre back, right? And the issues we had there. But I, I think he he he's half a division below MLS, and unfortunately, there isn't anything half a division below MLS, so right. he's going to fall into a void and struggle. Sorry, Joe. <laughs> um, the 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 kind of other other players. Um, who maybe you know? We all gave Brent a five. Um, in terms of you know, you you put the um, this is going to be controversial for um, for the stats lovers out there, but um, you put in our spreadsheet here uh, the Audi index, which is a um, a lot of uh, stats purists uh, view it as uh, fake, unreal uh, <laughs> statistics, but um, but it, it at least gives us a, a general a general point to go from uh, in terms of the salary. To Audi index uh, numbers, Brent was the top in terms of getting the most, the highest score, Audi score per salary. Um, another person who, the second person, by the way, was Justin Davis. So, yep. the I third he, was Ibsen, though. Yeah. So, and then Jones. So, four NASL players. Yeah. Top four. Um, and and maybe uh, maybe Ibsen is the best uh, best next person to go to. All of us rated him a four. Um, he was such an important part of the team. Why not a five, right? He was the, I mean, every game f- flowed through him. Yep. Probably for that exact reason, because every game did flow through him. And he was way better, I think, than expectations. But I think a lot of people put a lot of, a lot of the game was on him. If he had a bad game, then the team did bad and i think as a player i think you need to be even able to know you know hey i need to my role needs to change this game and he would play the same even on a bad night mm-hmm. hey, does that make any sense yeah 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 no I agree entirely i think the the other piece of that is as well that um when so last year i i was one of the um one of the people that was calling for his head I didn't have right. any trust or confidence. Right. We sat midway at uh, Nessie and would, you know, four or five times a game he'd fall down in front of us without being touched and then just 
yeah. you know, hands to the air or hands to the ref looking for something. I thought he had no hope. First couple of games here, he he just it, it was a totally different guy. Whether that was the players around right. him, he really stepped up. Um, I really would like to have given him a five, but I think he just there's a couple of things missing in in his game that belie his score. I think his ball control is second to none. Um, he doesn't have the pace, and he and unfortunately for the if if he had a shot. Yes, yeah. He would be the greatest. I mean, it's just phenomenal. Had, yeah. I think he had 17 shots, of which seven were on target, but not one of them was really a... Yeah. Uh, oh, Only yeah. a couple. There was one, uh, I, I do distinctly remember one that was tipped over the bar. Was that Atlanta? Uh, Atlanta. I'm, I'm blanking. I remember, I, yeah. I, it's in my brain, the visual of it. but um, So... You know, we're we're kind of blending the acquisition and actually how they're playing, which is which is just fine. But I'm wondering uh, to to go to this question to compare these two different questions. Actually, how did the team do setting up its first year? Right, um, which is putting a team out there that could get results in terms of acquiring acquisition, and how did uh, <coughs> excuse me Minnesota United do in uh, setting us up for the future? Uh, do you think they did so, one better than the other? Yeah. Spring preseason, they didn't bring in enough players. Um, there were too few players. I don't know why. Um, I mean, we had Lance Lang in. We had uh, the guy from Indy in. I forget his name. Uh, Don Smart was that who was in? I, maybe uh, or someone else. I think it was. Um, might have been. Okay. There might have been two from Indy actually. That you say that, but yeah. Um, but I mean, it was a handful of. It was a guys. Norwegian uh, right winger or something like that, Muhammad. Uh, Keita? Yeah, um, there's... there's uh, Thiago Calvano, but that was only because he was just under contract still. Yeah. So, I mean, there was... There needed to be more of those guys, I think, brought in. Um, I mean, there's plenty of guys out of contract in the NASL that you know went back to their teams again this year that would have been like Brent, would have been like Ish, would have been... You know, we could have picked up for go. the 60, you know, 5, 68, whatever the minimum salary is. That you know, and not necessarily Minnesota United. There's plenty of you look at the Cosmos, look at Miami this year. I mean, there's players out there that yeah, their average salary because like we didn't use our thousand though. That was our, our golden ticket on a Willy Wonka bar for an NASL player. Right, right. That, that was never used. So. Yeah, but I think to piggyback on that, and you've already mentioned it. You know, we should be uh, banned from Scandinavia. Yeah, Manny Lego should have his passport revoked <laughs> if he gets anywhere near Northern Europe. He yeah. should be kicked out. Yeah, um, it just that that didn't work. We didn't pull anything from that for the year, and that was that was a shame because again, a lot was put on that preseason. We've got these great guys that are coming over that are, yeah, they can cope with Minnesota weather. They're yeah, I, I mean, our, our best acquisition there was John Alvberger, but that that was you didn't need to go to Scandinavia to get a keeper of that quality. Correct. Yeah. Um, it was all, he was also, uh, I think just bad luck happened with him. Um, and good luck happened having a good backup with Bobby Shuttleworth. So, so I don't, I don't think, um, I I think he was a good player could have worked out. Didn't for various reasons, but, but I mean, you look at it, right? I mean, we, we mentioned the Scandinavian failure, uh, you know, Josh Gatt never got a minute for us. Yep. Um, uh, sure. Thankfully, I think I gave him a two just because he became Sam Cronin and, <laughs> yep. and Mark Birch. 
and and those are, were good pickups. Um, you know, uh, there was Schuler, right? Schuler, we still have around, still could come good. I think people. Yep. Uh, the technical staff really still believes that he could come good. You know, Bashkim Kadri is probably the most upsetting to me because he's only 25 and he looked like an old man. Yep. And and he like what that just bums me out. Um you've got who else are we uh, Vadim Demidov obviously. I mean yeah. that is a negative. That is a negative because yeah, I I'm still still on our books. Wondering I mean we had injuries and call-ups in the middle of summer, and he wasn't even training with the team. I mean, clearly that was a, a issue with he, the coach or an issue with him or... Both, yeah, both. Uh, I mean, if if you brought in, and, and we've talked about on this podcast previously, but one of the things Manny and the, the club are saying that, you know, we need to actually have more eyes on the, on the ground um, when we're signing these guys. Which, yeah. you know, and, and it's very understandable that um, they made the one Scandinavian trip and Manny got to see some people, et cetera, but signed a lot on reputation. And sometimes that, that happens. But you don't do that for your number one. You don't take that risk for a guy who you say is going to be your captain. Yes. And you're building your defense around. I mean, uh, you can sign a guy like that. Like, you know, Bashkim Kadri is a failure. It's not the end of the world. Those things happen. But the, the, the failure with... Uh, Vadim Damidov is a failure that will continue into next year, right? And yes, and realistically, the year after that too, because of the opportunities that we've lost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's gonna. But I'm thinking just in terms of uh, even if he leaves, we're probably gonna pay some of his salary or something like that. Yeah. So so the, you know that that is the the kind of disaster. But uh, t- to return to 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 this question of do you think they did a better job of setting themselves up for this year or for next year? Do you have better hope or are the were the acquisitions better toward the end of the year? Do you, do, do you guys have a well? Um, how many minutes did Leighton get? Uh, I believe ten. <laughs> yeah, I so, mean that that's my opinion of it. I mean we we signed a couple of these guys and they didn't see any time. Yeah, Brandon Allen got yeah twenty. Yep. Yeah, just going back to your the Scandinavian players, we spent one point five million dollars to bring those guys in. Yeah. That was their salary for the year, and between them, what did they get? Maybe uh, fifteen games. Yeah, and our salary cap is what three point five million. Yeah. So. so it's almost half the salary cap for not even one person for half a season, and that that's yeah disheartening. Yeah, uh, it, sorry, it, it's a it's a it is a, a bun, you know. A bungle uh, that that we couldn't recover from for a long time, uh, um, and so d- otherwise, in terms of the positives, because you did have yeah. that great trade for Mark Birch and, and Cronin, we talked about that. I think bringing in uh, Finley was a great move. Yeah. Um, Cronin uh, made an immediate impact, yeah, solidifying the midfield, and I think he's one of the reasons why Ibsen did so well. When yeah. when Cronin, I'd like to see Ibsen's stats when Cronin was there and when Cronin wasn't there. Yeah. Um, uh, Dave Leidig and I are working on those stats for uh, the Complete Darkness book for this winter. Perfect. He, I, I won't, I won't spoil it, but he thinks that um, uh, Cronin actually was a hindrance. Really? Yeah, yeah. Oh but, wow, that's, that's uh, interesting. But we've got, to, we have yet to pull up all those numbers. I, think, I think he Bert- also thinks Ibsen also was was a little bit of a hindrance at times. When when Ibsen yeah. was on the ball too much. It, we did worse. Yeah. 
Um, which maybe that's a cause and effect. I don't know which yeah. one is the chicken and egg in that case. <laughs> if someone's but. on the ball too much because no one moved. Forward. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's, he that's was he got mad and stopped. <laughs> he decided he was in the yeah, play. Yeah, and, you know, Birch again going back to the Cronin and Birch acquisition. Birch was great until he got you know injured. You know, and then when he came back from injury, boy, I would have liked to see <laughs> yeah. someone yeah. else in that left back position. Uh, I and you know preview alert as well. The place where we did worse, worst on the pitch, moving the ball was the left from yep. the left back. Moving the ball from the left fullback position was our worst attacking uh, sequence. Yeah, and that's so, where we sat. We know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we sat on that left forward <laughs> corner. Yeah, it was it was embarrassing. But but getting Birch finally on there was getting someone stable there. Um, you know, Heath obviously did not rate Justin Davis. Ishjom in no way should have been put in that position. <laughs> no. Um, and, uh, and and so I guess I, I guess did the yeah. did the team do despite all the Scandinavian stuff? Did they do enough to set it up set up a good team? good enough team this year did we outperform let me ask it this way did heath outperform the players that were acquired this year i don't think he outperformed the players okay he acquired and i don't i I don't think he hindered either Um, i think he was maybe that if another that he did about average for what a uh a coach could be expected with this squad well i so if you look at the squad and all the players we have on the team, who improved throughout the season. There's not a whole lot of them you can say there was a uh, a visual... You could visually see that, that uh, he's a lot better than he was four or five games away. Colin Martin, yes. Shuttleworth. Shut, Shuttleworth. I, it's tough with goalkeepers. Maybe, yeah. I think goalkeepers, it's luck, it's form, it's just you just you hit that run where yeah. peak positioning. and But here, I think... There's very few players you can look at it and say at the, at the end of the season they're better than they were at the start of the season. Um, I'll probably get crucified for Abu Dunladi and yeah, you know, how can he be offside so much? I th- I think that the, I, it's kind of like um, Jermaine Defoe has always been right. He's yeah. just like that's just like part of his game is you're offside, you're offside until you're not. And it's it's extremely frustrating when it's the 88th minute and you're like, we have you're gonna, not yep. going to get this chance again, right? At that point, get your ass on side, and then. Yeah. But even when it's not involving the play, I mean, there's got to be a little bit more awareness there. Yeah. Um, but I think we ended the season with a solid starting eleven, mm-hmm. um, with probably two or three subs in there, so maybe fourteen players that we can move mm-hmm. forward with, and hopefully some of those starting eleven will move to the bench next right. season. But it's it's difficult to trust who's coming through, um, yeah. Because we just we don't have a good track record. Yeah. So one of the one of the ways then you're you're saying you're going to kind of the the Heath evaluation part is that um, you didn't see visual evidence that uh, Heath was making these players better, or no. or that these players were getting better, and whether or not it was Heath, right? You're you're uh, you have to kind of guess at what's going on there, but. Um, Brian, would you would you agree with like kind of the the position that um, uh, that this was kind of if you put another manager in there, basically the squad the acquisitions that we did was a ninth place team. We we acquired a ninth ninth place team. I, I would players. I would say that I, 
I would have liked to have maybe seen Demidov get back on the field again in order to really kind of tell. Because, um, you know, what he, he just played two games, right? Or did he play three? He played three. Played two, then got benched and came back in that one game, right? Two two games he, later. He played 270 minutes, so. Okay. Yeah, because he did, because he played, he was still playing in New England, our third game. And then uh, I believe, like, he got benched and then came back in, like, Houston or something or Dallas, you know, one of those games. I'm yeah. pulling off my. Well, if you think of those first three games, the first one was Portland, where we were struggling a little bit, but essentially held our own until Christian scored, and then they went and whooped us. Yeah. So there was nothing to see bad there. Yeah. Then the Atlanta game, the excuse was the snow. Yeah, and um, it was. I went. I went back and watched like uh, the longer highlights of that, as because I'm a glutton for pain or something like that, <laughs> and it was like. The amount of there was one one goal, maybe the first goal, where one of our defenders just slides ten yards, just yep. just through the entire screen. Might have kept on going another like half mile for all I know, but it's just unreal. Yeah. yeah, and once we got down in that game, we were never going to come yeah. back. So. It's the only game I've ever left early. Really, it was cold. My my daughter uh, had went and sat in the. Uh, store the gopher store yeah. to stay Don't warm. Believe him, he wanted to leave and use his daughter as an excuse. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Steve's telling all my secrets. So um, uh, I, I want to maybe we'll take a break and we'll come back and reform. Then we'll talk about kind of the overall these the same question of expectations, but I want to approach it from a different angle. Welcome back to the 551 Podcast, uh, Wes, and I'm here with Steve and Brian. Um, there's a couple couple of guys I want to hit quick, and we don't have to belabor them, uh, but then we'll talk about kind of the overall team performance and expectations. Uh, a few names out there. You guys tell me how much you want to say about it. Jerome Tisson led the team in minutes this season. Um, I'm very surprised at that. I didn't realize he was on the pitch that much. Yeah. Um, Seemed, seemed to have come in later because he did come in, but he played the second the second game of the season. He played that Atlanta game. He yeah. just did it while jet lagged. Um, <laughs> good. I think good. the only other game he didn't play the full ninety was the uh, Atlantis game, right? The oh, friendly? The, the friendly. Yeah, I didn't watch that. Yeah. I think that was the only other game he didn't <laughs> I don't do even the full know. 90. I know Kadri scored a goal. That's it. Yeah, I, so. impressive. I mean, you can't mention Jerome without talking about the uh, the goal. Yeah. Oh, both both goals really. Yeah. But the first one and the loon celebration was just yeah. something to to behold. He also played what within twenty four hours of his wife giving birth, and I'm yeah. sure, yeah, the ladies out there know that they do all the hard work. But uh, he was awake for that time. So yeah, yeah. To come yeah. and play a game was pretty cool. Yeah. Um. And so, uh, good good sign. Like we we are we are Jerome Tison fans i think yeah i think he's yeah. a very solid player i think uh a, a, you know what's the above replacement is that the the term yeah. i think he's above replacement you know for mls um i don't know that he is irreplaceable for for this team you know could we get someone better i thought he did he played on the left side i think once or twice and i yeah. thought he did just fine um, I think he says that's his actually better position is the left side. So yeah, I think he says basically he likes attacking on the right and defending on the left. Yeah. Um, so I think, and he's only making two ten, uh, which, yep, which is, you know, for fullbacks, you can find cheaper fullbacks out there. Um, 
But I, I mean, if we brought in another right back and moved him over to the left, I'd be just happy. Yeah. Right? If we had, yeah. if we had, uh, if we had two other, even if we had two other starting uh, fullbacks that we wanted to go with, and he was switching between those as a kind of Swiss Army knife. Hello. Uh, between the two, I, I think that would be that would be. Uh, stellar, um, yeah, pushing I, I pushing the where, other younger guys up or something. Yeah, it'd be perfect. Where, where he did struggle this season, I felt, was when um, both he and whoever was his opposite partner was were just pushed too far up the field. There was a run of five or six games in the you know, middle third of the season where we were just caught behind both him and Birch or whoever it was on that side. They were just playing too far up. And obviously that was a tactical choice. They didn't just wander up there. They knew what they were doing. Or they knew what they were supposed to do. But I think he's more effective when he doesn't push up so far um, as a general defense. Love it when he comes forward as part of an attack. Yeah. But I think being further back on the pitch when, when their attack starts really helps. Francisco Calvo? An extremely <laughs> talented footballer. Uh, I think it was the second or third game of the season I leaned over to Steve. Uh, we sit next to each other. Um, for our season tickets are right next to each other. And I said, boy, he reminds me of Damian Lowe. Except way more talented. Way more talented. <laughs> but Way more talented than Damian Lowe. But the way that he wanders... And likes to just go forward and leave Brent or whoever his partner is yeah. just all by themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Just he, it's the same thing that Lowe did. And it's probably the reason why Brent actually did so good this year, in my opinion, um, was because he had spent that year with Lowe doing the same exact thing to him. I think Calvo, yeah, talented footballer, love his spins in the box in the middle of the park. Just, uh, shouldn't really be a different center back doing that the center back's position for me is back holding that line keeping the team square and just and if, if he's going to be yeah. a ball playing guy or even come out and, and make those breaking up tackles i think that that he and whoever the new starting center back is going to be um if we don't sign someone i think it should be brent i don't think it should be boxall but that's just me i agree entirely. um don't like then that. they should be like twinsies right they should be yep. like preseason. put them together make them go watch romantic movies together like just they need to shot like, color if they move five feet right yeah just like they other. need to be like tethered <laughs> literally tethered together um i, I want to keep moving to to a couple other guys uh we didn't mention christian ramirez uh so yeah Chris, christian ramirez um <laughs> We, we didn't get the ball to him. We, we failed him. He didn't fail us. He had 60 shots in the season. 34 of those shots were on target. I mean, that's a, in order, high percentage of shots on target. And of those 34, he put 14 away. So you think, so every four shots he got, he scored. He didn't get any penalties. He should have done, but he didn't. And I don't know whether we'll argue about that later. But um, <laughs> I think that ship that is sailed, yeah. man. <laughs> but, but 14 goals from 60 shots. If we can double that the ball to him and he he would easily hit 2025 a season if we could get that service to him and it was just it was sadly lacking the number of times the ball was just dribbled into an opponent in that oh, God. final third by um Molino Venegas and right. it was yeah but yeah love, love love what he did for us he he met our expectations um I I think he exceeded anyone who's not seen him play's expectations yeah but yeah, wonderful to watch. And every, I mean, 
I think he scored from really every possible part of his body, <laughs> left, right, head. Yeah. I think he even chested one in it, if I recall. Yeah. His calf. You got a yeah, good calf, 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 calf. heel, calf, back heel calf, <laughs> uh, back calf or whatever. Yeah, my favorite was the pile drive after he took the ball off Raimondo. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Two yards out, just slamming into the back. Yeah. That was beautiful. Um, uh, were there – oh, Sam Nicholson. He's the only – I think he was the other one we, we said we wanted to talk about. Yeah, I, I love watching Sam play. He hasn't been as productive as I think anyone wants him to be just yet. But I, I love the way he, he moves his body and the control he has. And this is going to sound really He just looks like a footballer when I watch him. Hmm. I think that's how a footballer should move. Um, it's, the, it's your just English bias. Just... <laughs> no, he's, what? He's Scottish. You yeah, think I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you'd think he'd be the least favorite player yeah, on the team. Yeah, that's but true. Maybe. I, I really like watching him play. I think he, he's got a huge upside for us. I think, he, again, he's just a player that needs to find his niche and... And have that opportunity to play where he wants to. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I, I, I thought he was fine. I, I think he, for as many pro, you know, first division minutes that he has, I just wasn't that impressed. I know he's still, is he even 23 yet? I don't even think he is. I think he was 22 when yeah, we acquired I'm, him. So maybe, sure. he's, maybe he had a birthday since then, but... I mean, so there's a lot of upside with him, and watching him take some of those balls out of the air was pretty impressive. But again, for how many he's got like a hundred and some, you know, first yeah. division games under his but, belt. But none of them on turf, and none of them in that heat. And that's and he's making two hundred eighty-one thousand. Which there, if we're looking for a young, uh, promising winger, uh, I mean, yeah, that's ninety k. Aren't there aren't there guys you could pick up? Within the league, even I, I mean, that's my biggest disappointment. Like, there are so many intra-league moves that could have been done with that Gam Tam that we spent Gam Tam on all these Scandinavian players. We mentioned Alvaga. You could have found found a goalkeeper in the league. Yes. You, you know, we uh, there. There's all these players out there that um, we took too many. We have too many guys who like Miguel and Sam, right? They're both guys who should be number twos in the left wing, maybe number three, and Sam can grow into a starting. Yeah. Or, or, or you know, but you're taking risks on them, bringing those in at two hundred, three hundred thousand dollars, and there's too many. I think we we have the most players of any team at that wage level, yep. and that is just we don't have enough Brents, and we don't have enough. Uh, you know, I would say Calvos, who are you're yeah. paying a lot because you know what you're getting there. But we don't have a DP, which would be a totally different. Yeah. So if we had, so if Molina was a DP, would that would free that money up to go to the rest of the team? Is that partially? Right? It would free. It would only free some because the first X amount. I'm totally okay. blank. Yeah, I think yeah. the first 450 still counts toward the, toward the cap. So, um, so I don't think it would really. Only Vadim really would have would have freed up. Uh, Okay. He was a, a DP. He, and international spots that we used with yeah. those players as well was. Yeah. So, um, so I want to transition then to um, uh, overall expectations. When, when you guys, I, I've talked about on the show, I predicted an eighth place finish for this team. My, my, not my best case scenario, but kind of the, the, the higher, better case scenario that I imagined was, we sneak in the playoffs or are almost in the playoffs and then, you know, miss out uh, the way like Dallas, right? Yeah. Finishing ninth then for me was just just a step below that. Um, I think 10 wins is, is still a good uh, haul for an expansion team. Uh, and so for me, 
I wasn't too disappointed on the play finishing, but there's other things that I'll talk about of, of overall overall that I was disappointed. About. Either of you have a yeah. For me, it was just avoiding relegation on the last day of the season. Yeah, it was. That was that was beautiful. <laughs> finishing nineteenth really or eighteenth really uh really saved us. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was that was fun, but no um, expectations. I I had no no idea what I expected at the beginning of the season. I didn't know who the half the players were. I didn't know much about MLS, and I still don't. You know, I watched the other teams, and I I've been to games where I felt we lost when we should have won, and vice versa. It's just so mix and match. So yeah. I'll settle for it for this season with the hope that we're looking into the next season and improve. That the worst thing that can happen now is we don't improve. Yeah. If we don't improve, then we're in big trouble. Rele- relegation. Yeah. How many points did we actually end up with? Was it thirty, thirty-two, thirty-six? Thirty-six. Yeah. So I had I had hoped for thirty-four. That was that was my a good season was thirty-four. So a point per game. Which I think was actually the average for expansion teams as well, or real close mm-hmm. to that. I think it was like 0.9 points per game or something like that. So I wanted to finish slightly above what the average expansion was. Um, now Atlanta has you know made that number a little bit higher, but um, yeah. but you know I think you know 30 you know anything above 34 was was great. Um, I think 42, I would have been, you know, absolutely through the moon for. So 36, I think, you know, on-field performance, on average, on, you know, like I said, you know, I don't think Heath outperformed or underperformed what the players on the team did. So I, I, I think we did okay. Yeah, I'll say my expectations changed every game. <laughs> yeah, we started the season, it was like, oh, I hope we get one win. Right. No, then we yeah. shrunk some wins together. Oh, we get fifteen wins. Yeah. Or how we get six. You know, it yeah. just it changed so much because the team wasn't settled and the opposition again was just so varied in yeah in their performances. But you know, it it's history now. It, yeah. it, it is what it is, and we're going to build and and hopefully we can see some rapid improvement and get get that playoff position next year. Yeah, I I thought and, and you know the the ideal of when you say. You know you're gonna struggle. That's like this, um, this like really sanitized uh, ideal where um, it doesn't take into account like, yeah, you're gonna look like a disaster sometimes, right? Um, so I, I think my my biggest disappointment because it, we finished about where I thought we would. My biggest disappointment was that um, there were there were games that were just dire. That that I mean there were there yeah. were. Um, I won't. I can't remember them all. New England away, uh, Real Salt Lake oh, away. That was so terrible. Um, uh, Vancouver away, uh, Houston away, LA at home. Is that LA, LA, LA oh, away? Away, yes. I mean, those games <laughs> were just. I mean, the the Portland, that one, that one, like you said, that was a fluke, right? Even yeah. the Atlanta one. I didn't think yeah. that we were, we were just, it was just, it was we, not a game of soccer, right? So, so yeah. I can forgive those. But when you're, when you're out there watching them play and they are just, just a freaking tire fire or a car fire, since there was a car that <laughs> I woke up this morning and saw two fire, uh, fire trucks out there putting out a, a car that was on fire. Welcome to Midway, everyone. <laughs> That's where I, I was not yes. prepared for that, for that level of, just direness and i should have because 
you know, I, I still remember uh, the Miami drubbing. Was that last year? Yes, 4-0. So, uh, and then the, the um, what was it, with the Joe Cole-Tampa Bay game where they beat us 4-2 oh, yeah. or 4-1? First yeah. time you ever did a header goal. Yes, yeah. yeah. I mean, th- there are games that are still seared in my memory away to Indy and losing 5-1 or 5-2 after we beat them. Five. I mean, there's That's just... The- embarrassing disasters still in my memory. Yeah. Uh, and so I, I shouldn't have been surprised by it, but it, it's still, it's still, you, you thought we'd moved on from that. Yeah. When you, when you see, I mean, it's like uh Billy Madison, right? The guy, uh, he does the prank. He, he lights the poo bag on fire and the guy stomps it out and he's surprised every time. Oh, it's another bag of poo. It's like, I should know by now, but it's a burning bag of poo. And I, I just, I, I put it out and I'm surprised every time that there's poo on my, yeah. my boot. Yeah. It just, and so on that, what frustrates me is every pregame, postgame, oh, not pre, middle of the game. Whenever you ask Adrian, well, they're just not performing. They're just not performing. They're not. They're not got the energy in it. It's like, but that—that's what your job is, if nothing else. So, you've got to take that and accept some responsibility. It can't always be on the players. You know, if yeah, I'll, I'll leave that there. <laughs> <laughs> um, the the any other off off the pitch did, did the was Minnesota United as an MLS team TCF and all these things. Uh, was was the the change in what this was about? Uh, did it meet your expectations there? Did it fall short? What what? How did? How do you think the team did in those? <laughs> your eyes are drooping. There, <laughs> yes, uh. I I told you earlier in the in this talk that I I bought my van because it fits my grill for right. tailgating. I can't tailgate at TCF. Yeah, that was a big part of my family's Saturdays for the three years prior to this, four years prior to this. Um, that was, that was our bonding time. That was our, you know, what, what did your pregame, what did your, uh, how did you compensate this year? What did you have? Like a, you showed up at the game. We did a bunch of different things. Um, so, you know, a lot of times we do stuff at home. You know, we'd maybe, you know, grill at home or something. Um, but nothing really quite hit the same note for us as, yeah. as you know, you know, we didn't hang out with the dark clouds, but we, we usually were sitting, right. you know, 50, 75 feet away from them. So I could wander over and have a beer with, you know, you yeah. or yeah. You know, any of the other folks, you know, and um, Nick, you know, would be there. Yeah. You know, Dr. McGuire would be there, you know. And you could kind of chat up these guys, and that atmosphere really, as you know, someone previous to to MLS, that really changed the yeah. the, the everyday. Um, the parking pass situation that they had, you know, where you could buy the the season parking pass, was a little weird um, because I didn't go to one game. It ends up that I probably would have been better off just paying 20 bucks a, a pop yeah. than, you know, paying the cheaper price yeah. for the full thing because I missed one game. My whole discount really kind of didn't make a difference. Yeah. And so, I mean, there, yeah. so there were little tiny things um, like that, that added up to the whole pregame for me really was 
uh, used to be a big ritual and, 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 now, yeah. and now it wasn't. No. Now I'm hoping that, you know, when we move into the new place, there's going to be some green space and, you know, maybe we'll do some, have that opportunity. I know some of the areas around, you know, the new stadium. Yeah. So I'm hoping, but my kids are also going to be, you know, like 17. Yeah. And my daughter will be like 17. You know, my son will be, you know, 13, you know, and they're not going to want to necessarily do those things with us anymore. Yeah. So it, 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 a little bit of innocence lost, yeah, but also, it, yeah. you know, you know, yeah. also part of the, the, the team atmosphere. So it would have been nice to have had a parking lot to, to do, you know, tailgating in. So that, that's my biggest thing. The, the stewards at the, at the stadium yeah. to start the season would get in the way the last five, 10 minutes. Yeah. And they got better at the end where they didn't like stand in, <laughs> in our yeah. view and block us from watching the game towards the end. But I didn't pay to stare at cotton candy when the ball was in that area of the pitch. <laughs> I did, but that's just me. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, I agree with Brian. We, For anyone that had the Nessie experience, yeah. I've got to think TSC was horrible. We, you know, One thing that stands out for me is bought there from uh, Minnesota United, small soccer ball yeah. in the stadium. The following week, oh, you can't bring that into the stadium. Well, why not? They sell them in there. Oh, no balls in the stadium, but they sell them in there. I mean, just yeah. ridiculous things like that. They TCF staff weren't that friendly. It was it wasn't a very nice view from where we were sitting. You couldn't see a lot of stuff that was going on. Just and we the, had front row, yeah, first and second row seats. Yeah, the, the game finishes. We're standing. We, we like to hang around for an hour. Let traffic yeah. clear. The security staff come. You got to go. Got to move up. Got to yeah. move up. And you know, food trucks, you know, Brian yeah, tailgated right. anchor fish and chips or right. Potter's pasties. Or yeah, me too. Like to I, I would this year I would go to often to Surly and um it was just a line some days it was just incredible line to these things and it's like, okay, well but if I go to you know, if I go to a bar before I it's like getting food and drink and yep. like cramming it down to that then I can still get to the game early. It's just yep. like I wanted to go to a place be able to hang out for a bit, get some food, do those things, rather than go to one place, get some food and drink, go to another place. And yep. so that made it it difficult. Uh, although, I mean, for me, playing in the city is like, oh my gosh, I can just yeah. jump on the train, go. It's like so easy. I can hang out then at yep. the bar afterwards. I can get, have way too much to drink and then just like stumble onto the train yep. and yeah it, it was like that level of convenience was was fantastic well, leaving the ground the traffic control yeah oh, it was just yeah you know, i anyone that knows anita knows that she doesn't get angry at anything but <laughs> i i swear she was gonna get out and throttle the traffic control folks as we sat there for no reason for 45 minutes but la- last thing i said is pricing of um memorabilia match day gear or whatever happens to be and the food we must have spent hundreds of dollars each season on the peripheries with minnesota united yeah we came to tcf i bet we haven't spent more than 150 dollars yeah full told in the whole season in that building just because it was too expensive so so they lost a fortune from us because right they put the price up too much yeah um Tripling the uh, attendance size probably made up for that, but yeah, you yes. know what? But yeah, absolutely. Well, and and yeah. trying to figure out pricing for the future when they actually control their yeah. own place. But um, yeah, I mean, a lot of the you know a lot of the fees were still going to the vendors that TCF has. Right. And I don't think yeah. Minnesota got hardly any of yeah. that, to be honest. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, looking so looking forward to 
coming out to to visit you more often with this, yeah uh, yeah come, come visit Corona. the car fires uh, <laughs> uh let me let me transition to this final point then which is next season um what are your expectations for next season on the, on the pitch um i think a more consistent starting 11 we've got a base that can be built on um if it's Adrian Heath, then he's going to have the players he wants, mm-hmm. if that was a, a reason for last year. So I think consistency, some growth in a couple of key areas. Um, it, it define the style you want to play and get the players that fit that style. Don't try and force players to do what they're not comfortable doing. It doesn't work for all of them. Yeah. So I think he, there's an the opportunity there. Um, I think we have to have a goal of finishing in that final two playoff spots. However we achieve that, whatever we have to do to achieve it, that has to be the goal. Anything less than that, and I think it's a, it's yeah. a failure, basically. And that's only two, three wins more than we got this season. Yeah, so I was going to say, three, three, four, three wins for me, three more wins for sure. Four would be awesome. But 12, 12 more points than what we had this year, I think, would be we, more ties away from home. Yep. You know, and you know, pick up one or you know, one more win away from home, and then you know, three more wins at home. And I think one year in the playoffs, but I think two that's the level of you know, uh, of progress that yeah. needs to be made. Real Salt Lake, we're in a different you know, the difference between us is nine points. Uh, they're the next team that was above us. Yeah. Real Salt Lake, we're also talked about in a way different way. Um, some of that was just because of how the beginning of our season happened, right? Yeah, they were, but they were they were legitimately in it until literally the last day. Um, if we can finish literally turning, they have three more wins and three fewer losses. If we can switch those, yeah, uh, we're a, we're a totally different team. And you could have seen this season. There were a couple, you know, fluky things that happened. You know, yep. um, could have won in Houston. Should have won in Houston away, right? Yeah. Um, Lucky, unlucky to lose to LA at home, things like that. Um, so it doesn't take that much to, you know, weird chance to totally shift how we think about this yeah. team. But, you know, would, would you say you would expect where if we finished ninth again last year, you would be disappointed? I would think so. I would think a ninth place finish would be disappointing. I think the, the thing that would make that different is if we had people on the pitch committed and performing well, and we could say, "Oh, we lost, but it was a good effort." Yeah, we didn't have many of those this season where we lost and it was Seattle well, away, yeah, yeah, yeah. Toronto so, away as well. So maybe, we, maybe two, three games throughout the whole season yeah. where we just slipped up. But yeah, you know, if there's a few more of those, or and, you, you just don't have those games where you, within five minutes of the start you're just oh, yeah. crushed. And and realistically, LA Galaxy will not be the wooden spoon team, right? LA Galaxy yeah. will be better. So they'll probably. So be we're talking about second or third. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, LA LAFC will be in the league. Um, so we're talking about needing to be better than. I mean, realistically, the the teams that we should be better than are San Jose, uh, Real Salt Lake, and Colorado. Right. Those so, are all. Yeah. All three of those teams, I think, should be once Minnesota gets to. I think what it's the size of the market, the amount of money, we should be better than those teams. Can, can I throw one thing out there that yeah. frustrates me with yeah. all American sports, not just the soccer, but schedule. Mm-hmm. You know, we might get a better schedule next year. Yeah. 
and that could make a difference. We might get a tougher schedule right. you know, until you see the schedule you don't know and yeah. how you can measure teams. And it's only going to get worse as, as the league gets yeah. bigger. Yeah, if it's not a level playing field, then it re- really makes it awkward to compare. Yeah. Um, th- then uh, what three things do you want to, and you don't have to say three things, but what things do you want to see happen next year on the pitch? Um, um, I'd like to start with a left back. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. Um, so move, yeah, and move through the team. Definitely um, if Birch isn't, up to it hopefully he is because he did show flashes where he could cope but if his pace isn't where it needs to be then we need to find someone to fill that position yeah. and that's potentially Calvo if you put Calvin mm-hmm. and Box all in the middle based on the team we have now uh, we definitely need to determine who plays where up front yeah um, who you know the, the much lauded number 10 it's if we need a number 10 we need to get a number 10 and we need to put the players around him that suit that the style of that number ten. Yeah, um, I think the the last thing I'd say is get the ball to Christian. We've got a proven goal scorer, the best American goal scorer on the planet, and we need to give him the ball so he can prove that and get him ready for uh, yeah those amazing temperatures in Qatar in 2022. Yeah, <laughs> when he'll be the. I'm not gonna say it. <laughs> <laughs> well, Brian, what what do you want to see on the? Uh, yeah, I, I think uh, better crossing from the left and the right uh, wings. Um, you know, the service is you know way too high, you know, or way too low, or um, trying to dribble in when you know we don't quite have the capability there. Um, so I, I think yeah, uh, I think we started to see that with um, Finley. I, I think his his service was was better um you know i don't think ibsen is a long-term solution i mean he's definitely getting up there so i'd like to see him and and martin who i thought was a great uh understudy i I would say to him um i thought martin was doing you know ibsen-esque things at at points in in this the season when he was uh later in the season when he was on the field so I would like to see those two, you know, vying for that position, that, you know, kind of attacking mid role, not quite the number 10 ish, but the more advanced. Yeah, you wonder midfielder. what a Colin Martin next to Cronin might be, where you have a little mm-hmm. bit more. Cronin has a little bit less of a of a crazy man to keep up with. And, um, <laughs> yeah. No, exactly. That's, yeah, it's exactly what my thinking, too. And again, Cronin's, you know, um, getting up there too. So he needs an understudy under him too. So, you know, uh, 18, 19, 20 year old, um, yeah. that we can get or an to. American. What's that? Or an American. Yeah. Not many, a, not many, many 18, yeah, 19, yeah. 20 year old Americans, but you, yeah. yeah. If you can pick up a 23, 24 year old, you know, American, uh, that would be a, I, yeah. I mean, for me, I, I think about how many, I think about the Houston games. Uh, when we played Houston, Wilmer Cabrera was so used to, you could see, what the tactic was and you were yep. like oh my god you're just watching the team be out coached right and and you didn't you can't always see that but like for some reason the two houston the two later houston games i could just like i watched how the team was shutting us down to do that i think that when minnesota was at its best it was because um basically just everyone turned the brakes off and was like ah f it just like go and it was <laughs> yeah. just and it no, was just yeah. more like raw skill i i want to see and and that was why 
why we just had so many goals go in. I want to see a team that has, uh, and this was what we were kind of promised, right? Jamie Watson came in and was like, you guys won't believe Adrian Heath, like the way that he tactically, I don't, I didn't feel that this year. Maybe he just didn't have the right guys. I don't know. I I, I wanted a team that like looked like it was, had a, a mission and like could, if needed, just absolutely kill a game to yeah. nil nil. Well, which is funny. You, you mentioned the Jamie Watson thing, but I think about I thought about that a lot. Did he say that? Was he on here and said yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember thinking about that and watching the games and going, I don't see any of that until Abara got on the field and was actually doing his good stuff. Then you see yeah. Abara kind of in those positions where he's available for the pass and he's making his Just, body shape. Yeah. In such a way that he was able to then pass it back to, you know, two or three different people. And then to see Heath, you know, call him out on that, it's like, wait a minute, isn't that exactly what Jamie Watson said you set how you set the teams yeah. up? Yeah, we So we, it was odd. We so killing the game off, we'd sit at the game and we'd count to hopefully get to five completed passes. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't much more than two or three times a half we'd have yeah. five passes in a row, which is if you can't maintain a possession like that, then you're never, never going to move forward. And yeah, that, that was frustrating. Yeah, so I mean, largely that that's that's what I'm looking for. I mean, I mean, lots of player acquisition. I, I do think you can't have Ibsen and Cronin pick which one. I think it's probably Cronin. Uh, I think the team does believe in him. I love me some Ibsen, but I think if if there's another team that asks inquires about him, you go, uh huh. And you give them a bag of peanuts and <laughs> and uh, and hopefully get some tam for it. Yeah, yeah, but just, yeah, Vadim's yeah, contract. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, uh, thank you guys for for coming oh, coming you, over and and uh, and talking about the team. Uh, uh, and it, it's always been great to talk to you guys before or after games. Uh, and so it, it's great to to do it with microphones around. So. <laughs> Um, thank you again, and uh, thank you, listeners. I I think I'm going to take next week off. It's off season, so I'll I'm going to decide when the heck I want to do this, and and uh, so I might take the weekend off. But you guys can all deal with that. I'll see you soon. We'll cope somehow. Yeah. Somehow. All right. Well, good luck on both uh, listening with your kids and yelling at the show. All right. Thanks a lot. Perfect. Thanks. Thank you, Wes.